Do you need a break? You read my mind. Come with me. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Break and Merry Christmas. I'm Father Roderick and this is recorded on the third day of Christmas. As you know, Catholics celebrate Christmas for an entire week during the octave of Christmas. And this is the show that is all about that wonderful time of the year. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Now, last week I was in Rome, and even though I put out an episode of The Walk, I was unable to record an episode of The Break, and that was simply for technical reasons. I only had my phone with me that served as my audio recorder and my video recorder and my photo camera. It's amazing to, for the first time, I think since I started this work in the media, to be traveling with just a phone. As my equipment, no laptop, no cameras, no lenses, no chargers, just a phone. It was amazing. However, the one thing that I discovered was that the phone itself, even though it is fantastic for photography and filming, for audio, it's a bit of a challenge because it only records in mono which was already a challenge when I was recording last week's episode of The Walk because I usually really like it when it's stereo sound, especially if you're walking around in Rome where there's so much ambient sound. However, thanks to a Dolby app, I was able to make that sound a little bit more spatial than just mono. But for the break with the jingles and and all the various segments... Um, it was just not feasible on the phone itself. So next year, if I'm going to do more traveling, I want to figure out a way to uh, use my phone as a main recording device, but also to have the ability to play jingles and to have a slightly better sound, maybe with an external microphone. We'll figure it out. But for now, that's why you are listening to this Christmas episode after Christmas. Even though for Catholics, as you know, and I mentioned that in the introduction, it's Christmas for eight days. The octave in, in, in Latin, that's the word for the number eight. So for eight days, literally, at least from a liturgical point of view, every day is Christmas. This is also why a lot of the prayers are exactly the same for eight days, which kind of gets old after a while, if I'm totally honest. But anyway, the idea is that time stands still for eight days. I like that about the Catholic tradition. It's it's like it's not just, oh, it's Christmas Day and then it's over. No, it just continues for a week because that's how important Christmas is. So in this particular episode of The Break, I want to talk a, a lot about the Christmas for Christmas topics and uh, even for Star Wars, I found a Christmas topic. So let's talk about Star Wars. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. And today, I want to give you my review of something that I should have watched three years ago. And I don't understand why I didn't watch it. I discarded it. I was like, yeah, it's Star Wars, but still, it's for kids. I. I, it's just not for me. I'm not going to watch that. It, it, it won't work. I watched it yesterday evening, and I thought it was one of the best things I've ever seen when it comes to Christmas plus Star Wars. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the new Star Wars Lego holiday special. It came out in 2020, so that's three years ago. And it's uh, it was um, almost... Uh, one of those early ideas that they came up with when Disney Plus was brand new and they were still trying to find, you know, people's interest. And, of course, Netflix was already around. Amazon Prime was around with video. 
And so Disney had to fight its way into the general perception. And they were just throwing so much stuff against the wall, see what sticked. And with Star Wars, it was the same. They still had tons of tons of uh, money that they wanted to invest in all these new productions. And so while they were brainstorming, and this, this, I read this in an article that, um, that came out, I think, last week about the history of this holiday special. They were, they were talking amongst each other, like, what can we do with Star Wars? We should do something with, like, one of those holiday specials. And a lot of the, the people that worked at Lucasfilm and um, in the creative department around the Star Wars franchise, they, they reminisced about certain uh, holiday specials that they had watched as a kid. And that then, from then on, became almost like a staple thing to, to, to watch during Christmas. And I think we all have those television episodes or certain movies that we watch over and over again. I'm not just talking about Die Hard, but there are certain um, experiences. Like for me, it's the it's the, the, Muppets, the Muppet Christmas movie, the Christmas Carol with the Muppets. I watched that as a, well, when I was relatively young, I think I might have already been in seminary, I'm not sure. But I also had the Christmas um, album, with John Denver and the Muppets, full of Muppet versions of the Christmas songs. And so that for me, Christmas is so tied to the Muppets. And I noticed that, in fact, there is a new version of the Muppet Christmas movie that is out on, I think on Disney, on Disney+. Plus. And they actually restored a song that had been left out in all previous versions, which is a wonderful, wonderful song. And um, so that's also on my list. That's another reason that I like the Catholic tradition of celebrating Christmas for eight days. You have eight days to catch up on all the Christmas movies because, of course, since I'm a priest, I'm kind of busy during Christmas time. I had like a, a, a midnight mass. Well, it wasn't really at midnight, but it ended way past midnight. And then, of course, the next day we have the, 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 the official like Christmas Day morning celebrations. Um, I have my hands full during the uh, during the, the actual Christmas days. Then I completely passed out because I was so tired because of the weekend in Rome. If you listen to my um, my episode of the walk, you hear me explain why I'm so tired. It's basically I've been running around every single day for more than ten hours, always on my feet. I I walked. Um, I think every day I walked between fifteen and twenty kilometers. I did everything by foot. I only took the metro like five times because I had a ticket for five individual rides and I walked all the rest. But I was staying in one side of Rome and in order to get to the center of Rome, it was about an hour to go there and then, of course, also an hour to go back. So anyway, that in addition to the fact that I was staying in a monastic community and they woke up super early. They had morning prayers and mass and breakfast starting at 6.30, which was so early. And then the bed was very, very tough. It was like no comfort whatsoever. Um, so I, I just didn't get enough sleep. And I, I, I spent a lot of energy. Now, it was all worth it. And if you're um, among my, my patrons that have access to the, the premium episodes, so I'm giving like early access to the recordings that I made in Rome, I, we, we are working on actually bringing back the Catholic Insider, which was the podcast that I started in 2005. That, that's how old that podcast is. And I've been doing this for more than a decade. Um, and I recently decided to bring new episodes to the series. But the series as such, as a podcast series, is no longer online. 
So we're working on bringing that back online, but that takes time to set up. Also has to do with some behind the scenes work that we're doing on our um, website and the way we, we distribute our content. So that's going to take a bit more time, but for the patrons, I make that already available. So um, recorded a ton of podcasts and uh, I, I'm, I'm just still recovering from that. That plus, plus Christmas, I just feel like I'm still working. And actually I am because I'm recording this for you, the, the, the show that I should have recorded last week. So once my podcasts are out of the way, we have one final day of work tomorrow. And then for me, Christmas, the Christmas time starts. And I have a couple of days where I really plan on not doing anything but reading and playing video games. So back to the Christmas holiday special. Um, there are a certain number of movies and TV shows that I want to watch. One of these things that I love around Christmas time is, of course, the Doctor Who Christmas special. I never miss those. Um, and so there's a new one out. Haven't seen it yet. Looking forward to that one. And then, of course, you've got the Star Wars holiday special. Now, the original one was aired on TV in the 70s when Star Wars was still very new and also... Lucasfilm and George Lucas himself didn't really know didn't know very well how to handle the the marketing around the movies and so they decided to air a holiday special which was done like a very low budget SNL type of show where um it, it was various segments all of them were meant to be humorous but a lot of the jokes just fall flat because bad writing um, there's even Carrie Fisher singing a song and she she has a lot of talents but singing is not one of them <laughs> you had guys dressed up as Wookiees there was the very famous short animated clip that features the first apparition of Boba Fett without the Christmas the holiday special I shouldn't say Christmas special but it was called holiday special Boba Fett wouldn't have been part of the Star Wars saga. Can you imagine that? And so that's how they brought Boba Fett into the world of Star Wars. But all in all, uh, Lucasfilm has tried for more than a decade to, to let people forget about that holiday special. because That's how awful it was. It's still available if you're curious, but beware. Don't, don't say I didn't warn you. You can still watch it on YouTube. There are some copies on YouTube uh, that show the full thing. And, and then you will, you, you will understand why Lucasfilm has never tried to restore like a quality version of that. And, and it's not featured on Disney+. Plus. There's a very good reason. However, they came up with this idea. Well, what if we do like a new version of the holiday special? And why don't we work with the guys over... They had the, the, the Lego uh, deal, you know, so they could do animated shorts featuring Lego, Star Wars Lego. I'm sure that's part of the back and forth of, you know, Lego can make sets based on Star Wars and then Star Wars can use Lego for their content on Disney+. And they came up with this idea, well, what if we take the best ingredients of a holiday special and, and we create a version with Star Wars Lego that will give us a lot of leeway because we don't have to stick to canon, we don't have to feature actors, maybe just voice actors, and we can make it funny and something that you can watch with the entire family. And maybe, if it's good enough, this also will become one of those traditional specials that people will watch every year for Christmas. And that is also why I never cared for it. Because I was like, yeah, it's Star Wars Lego. 
I kind of I like the, the the Lego Star Wars humor, uh, which is also very much an integral part of the of the games. But I don't know about you, but I always get a little bit oversaturated with the Lego stuff. After a while, it gets a bit old because it's always the same type of humor. Um, and so I never watched it until yesterday evening, and uh, and what I loved about it is that they they basically told a story as if kids came up with the script doesn't mean that it's childish but how do kids play with star wars lego they just put all the minifigures on the floor i've seen this with my my nephews when they were still young um they had a ton of star wars lego but they would play with every all the timeline minifigures from different timelines all at once they didn't care if darth vader was from a different era than than i don't know uh, young Anakin Skywalker or or I don't know like Ray uh would would be able to fight um Obi-Wan Kenobi or or Qui-Gon Jinn it, it, it's just everything was mixed up and so they wanted to do something like that with the Star Wars holiday special and so they came up with this story where Ray is opening a portal through time with an artifact and and she ends up in all these different moments in the Star Wars timeline. So moments in the prequels, moments in the original trilogy, and more recent events. In fact, the whole like the framework story is that they are all together. This takes place after the the, um, the Rise of Skywalker chronology, which is interesting in itself. Of course, this is not canon, but it does already do something that we know later on will become very important in future Star Wars movies. Rey is trying to teach, to pass on what she has learned from Luke Skywalker himself, to pass that on to Finn. So Finn is trying to become a Jedi. And we know that in the movie that they have promised us for two years from now, that will be one of the major plot points when Rey is trying to build a new order of Jedi. And so in this Lego, even though, it's, again, not canon, she's trying to pass on what she has learned, but she fails. She doesn't know how to teach Finn properly. And because then she is uh, sucked into this vortex of experiences in the past where she constantly sees how Master Jedi work with their Padawans and, and teach them the Force, that is how ultimately she discovers something fundamental about this uh, teacher-pupil, you know, master-apprentice relationship. Um, and I thought it was interesting to see that some of the ideas that are integrated in the holiday special have been used again in the Ahsoka series. I don't know if Dave Filoni was involved in this. I don't think so. But there are definitely a couple of things that he, I think, at least had the same inspiration as the writers of the holiday special. But they, he did actually emphasize the same things in the master-apprentice relationship between Ahsoka and uh, Sabine. And so I've... I've found that refreshing to see that the, the, the traces were already there. The seeds of that storytelling were already there in the Lego um, uh, holiday special. So I have found the, the trailer of the holiday special. Let's take a listen. Twas the night before Life Day in a galaxy far, far away. Looking good. Tree, food, decorations. Coming together, heroes were to celebrate the day. Please be a cape. Please be a cape. It's a wrap! <laughs> Your Ray adventure called 
and she thought it would be fast. Wow. But there she found a key to the galaxy's past. Sorry. Oh, oh Master Luke, what are you doing? This is so cool! We've seen my master. My master's master. Concentrate. My master's father. Impressive. My master's father's master. Emperor Palpatine? Hmm? I don't believe it! Uh, you think maybe you could put a shirt on? It's a key to travel across space and time. <laughs> I will change the future. So sure are you. Mm-hmm. Let's talky-talky more fighty-fighty. Hard <laughs> <laughs> ah! races. Yes! Oh! So cute. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Galaxy's best emperor. You thinking what I'm thinking? Music! A time of joy. This is a friendship. A family. Are you guys? Master Skywalker. My son. I mean, my, these binary sons. <laughs> unta, unta, solos? You want to shoot first? After you. <laughs> I mean, there were so many moments in this uh, holiday special that I laughed out loud. There are lots and lots of hidden details and funny jokes. And there were a few where I was like, I bet you that almost no one has has seen this joke. So there's this one moment where um, you see Ray and R2-D2. I'm just going to share this one with you, but otherwise you'll miss it. And then she's she's talking to R2. And it's, of course, since he's a Jedi, she can understand what R2 is is saying. And then at one point, R2 is like, bleep, 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 bloop. And then Ray is, yeah, you can say that again. And then you hear in the sound that R2-D2 is repeating exactly the same bleep, 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 bleep. In other words, he's literally repeating saying that again and that there's so many little details also in the background of stuff that you see playing um at one point that you have these two stormtroopers and they finish each other each other sent sentences you know where that comes from of course and then it's like oh my gosh it's almost as if we're the same and then duh, of course they're clones so so much fun and in fact i was very surprised of course this is lego animation but it is insanely well done. And some of those Lego recreations of these tr- traditional scenes, be it on Hoth or on Tatooine or earlier on on, on Naboo or other planets, some of that stuff looks just amazingly good. My favorite scene was the chase through the trench of the Death Star. The, the, they, they recreated that entire sequence and it is it, just as thrilling as the original. They even replicated the camera movements, and, and but they injected so much Lego humor to it. Oh, if you if you've never seen it, definitely do yourself uh, a favor and and go watch it because it's seriously one of the funniest Star Wars things I've seen this year, and maybe at all. Uh, it's it's a brilliant masterpiece i think uh, but also in terms of animation very very funny and yeah it is now a true holiday favorite of mine and i know that i'm going to rewatch this next year in fact this even tempts me to go and get that little lego set that is available and they're they're having a sale right now at the lego store um where it's the interior of the millennium falcon it's just one of those dior- dioramas 
and you see um, some of the Star Wars figures around a turkey, which is not a turkey in the Star Wars universe. They have a, another name for it. I forgot what it was. And, uh, and, and of course, they're going to cut the turkey with a lightsaber. And out of context, I, I was like, okay, I don't understand this diorama. I don't know why Lego would try to market this because it's just such a weird combination, all this Christmas imagery plus Star Wars. But now that I've seen the special, I was like, oh, yes, it is totally from the holiday special, including the, you know, these awful, awful Star Wars, uh, what is it, um, pullovers that they have, the, 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 the red ones and the green ones, and one has the Death Star on it. It's just amazing. It's so, so funny. The most beloved fantasy story of all time. It is the tale of a small hobbit and the great wizard who appeared to him one day. All right, dude, check it out. Go like that way, and then up this one mountain, and then kill all the hippies you come across. No, no, I'm searching for a dragon's treasure. I'm the wizard, you're the dwarf, and you will respect my authority. I am no dwarf. I was reading a very interesting blog post the other day about the Lord of the Rings being also one of those Christmas traditions. If you don't know what to watch during the Christmas um, holiday, why not rewatch the entire uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy? And a, an additional reason to do that is that, in fact, the Lord of the Rings is a bit of a advent Christmas type of story. It was, of course, never meant as a metaphor or anything, but it does have a number of major themes that are very uh, much rooted, I think, in Tolkien's own faith. Um, and, and, of course, it's, it's like salvation comes in the form of this small guy who is carrying the ring of evil and destroys it, just like Jesus was just this small child who takes on his shoulders the weight of sin and ultimately destroys it by sacrificing himself. So there are lots and lots of obvious parallels between Tolkien's faith in the true meaning of Christmas and the story he tells in The Lord of the Rings. Uh, another thing that I really enjoyed of that article, I tried to find it online, I hope I bookmarked it, was um, it also, uh, I think, makes a very good point saying that the original trilogy is actually the one to watch, so not the extended one. It, it, of course, the extended one has a lot of extra content, but it's just more of the same. And if you're a super fan like me, you don't mind dwelling in Middle-earth a little bit longer. But it, it, the article goes on to show that, it, in fact, the, the special editions do break the pace of the movie. And there is a lot of stuff in there that could have been and should have been left out and was actually left out in the originals. And so another reason to watch the original cut of the Lord of the Rings movies is that that's nine hours. You could watch that in one day. I don't recommend it, but you could. <laughs> Whereas if you watch this, the extended editions, then it's like, unless you only sleep four hours. I, I once actually watched all these movies in one sitting in the local theater, and it was so hard to stay awake during the third movie. <laughs> I don't think I did, but it, it, it was just too long. And that was actually just the original the original cut. So that is, I don't know if I, I will have time, but I am tempted to do that too. It's been a couple of years since I watched The Lord of the Rings. And as a trilogy, it's so much better, of course, than the, the, the later Hobbit trilogy, which was conceived as a two-movie trilogy 
uh, story, and then uh, Guillermo del Toro, who was supposed to direct it, um, stepped back, and Peter Jackson, knowing how many jobs depended on this project, decided to step in and to he ex- expand the movie even to three movies, uh, but it, it was a it was just actually too much. Yeah, too little butter on on too many pieces of toast. Um, however, again, I'm a super fan, so I don't mind it. I, I just any occasion I have to dwell in in the world of Lord of the Rings and the world of the Hobbit, I don't mind. But yes, the original trilogy is is very very special to me. So um, I'm talking about this because last week I actually went to an exposition in Rome about. J.R.R. Tolkien and about the process of creating Middle Earth, and uh, I I saw this by accident. I was um, going to the Vatican in the metro, and while I was going up the escalator, I saw a poster, and it said Tolkien Esposizione, and so I googled it immediately, and I I noticed that there uh, the, there was an exposition running from November until February about Tolkien, it was the biggest Tolkien exposition that was ever organized in Italy. And it was in the Museum of Modern Arts, which is a museum I've never visited because it's really focusing on contemporary art. However, Tolkien and his work, you could consider that as contemporary art. I looked it up. It was only 10 bucks. Like, admission price was only 10 bucks, And you get to see the entire museum. I only had a few hours. I, I went there on the last day that I was in Rome. Um, so I had about two hours to watch the entire exposition. And it was different from what I expected. In fact, there's a video online. Uh, I will play it. I think it's a bit of a trailer, meant as an Italian trailer, for the exposition. And it shows, among other things, the opening day where the, I think, the prime minister of, the, of, uh, of Italy, who she is a, a big Tolkien fan, she, you see her visiting the exposition. You hear a few snippets of, of interviews. But it, I felt it overpromised and underdelivered in, in a sense that the exposition itself was a lot about... Tolkien and his family history, um, but it didn't show much of the process of creating Middle Earth. There were hardly any manuscript manuscripts. I expected to see pages, you know, on display, or maybe even the drawings that he made. No, in fact, it was all kind of derivative stuff. So you saw lots of photos, but a lot of them I had already seen elsewhere. You can read, and, and then. Every once in a while, they would show like a, a book that he had given. For instance, one of the things I had forgotten was that his brother was a priest, was a Catholic priest. And so his sister gives his brother, on the day of his priestly ordination, a book, also on behalf of Tolkien, of J.R.R. Tolkien, um, and they sign it. And then you, so you see actually the handwriting of J.R.R. Tolkien. So that's cool. It's like, oh, that, that is a relic of Tolkien. <laughs> but um, for instance, all the drawings, it, it is an art exposition. So it featured a lot of the artwork, but a lot of it was made by Italian artists for Italian uh, editions of the book. And a lot of the artwork that they had on display was never published because it was rejected artwork and they went for another cover. So <clears throat> um, there were a few interesting there were like two rooms with 
with paintings and drawings, and one of them was from Alan Lee. So that was the only was like, okay, I know, I know this artist, but then a lot of other artists, meh, I don't know. There is also a part where they have a few costumes. So I got first excited about that. Oh my gosh, I'm going to see the props that they use in the movies. And then when I saw it, they were remade, redone. There were replicas of the original costume. So they weren't even the real ones. And they stuffed them in a room where they basically only had leftover stuff. It's like, okay, we don't know. We have this pinball machine that is Tolkien-themed. Uh, let's put it next to the costumes. And I'm thinking, yeah, you, you guys just really ran out of inspiration here in terms of the exposition. That was one thing that was very cool. You see Tolkien's desk and his chair in which he sat while he was writing um, uh, the, the Lord of the Ring. And as you know, he wrote everything by hand. He, he had a very uh, chaotic working style and i saw a, a tiktok video also um there, there's this guy who is um what's his name uh, tom tom ailing and he's um, an antiquarian a bookseller and he's got a shop uh, not far from heathrow in in england and he has a, a tiktok series and he talks a lot about the tolkien books that he has and so he had this video about um how much work Christopher Tolkien had to put into organizing his father's work. So much, was such a chaotic man. Um, and, and it's mostly thanks to Christopher's painstaking work that we have all these books now neatly reproduced and organized and ordered. Um, Christopher Tolkien, I think, for the legacy of Tolkien is just as important as his father. Um, he's he's re really underappreciated, I think. So... Um, they why why did I talk about that about Christopher Tolkien and about the artwork I don't know so anyway let me play the audio of the Italian uh, video that promotes this exposition uh, so there's going to be some Italian in there Tolkien uomo professore autore man professor and author they open the doors they're still working here in the video on setting up the the exposition eh, emozione tantissimo ma anche la preoccupazione insomma che tutto sia eh, in perfetto ordine siamo a poche ore This quindi c'è uh, bisogno ecco di avere maggiore attenzione poi i dettagli non tocca a noi dominare tutte le maree del mondo il nostro compito è di fare il possibile per la salvezza degli anni nei quali viviamo sradicando il male dai campi che conosciamo al fine di lasciare a coloro che verranno dopo terra sana e pulita da coltivare. Una mostra molto pensata colpisce particolarmente la ricchezza. It's Finalmente si racconta la storia di un autore molto spesso dimenticato. Ci avviciniamo a questo mondo fantastico. We're getting closer to this fantastic world. Voglio ritornarci assolutamente. Ho iniziato proprio a absolutely want to return. Tanti visitatori possono venire We expect so many visitors to visit this exposition of Tolkien. So it's like how do you say so much without saying anything? <laughs> I will include a link to this video because you actually see everything that I've seen <laughs> while I was at the exposition. So what you see is what you get. Anyway, 
Tolkien. This is uh, still in Rome. So if you if you go to Rome uh, before uh, February 11th, definitely worth. I mean, it's just 10 bucks. What are we talking about? Um, and it, I love actually just seeing all that stuff. And um, I don't know, it just put me in a mood to read more Tolkien. And that, of course, in itself is a very, very good thing. Um, I have made a couple of photos. I did not record a podcast during my visit, so this is not part of the Catholic Insider series, uh, but I did take some photos, and maybe I'll um, include some of, uh, of them uh, uh, on, on the Patreon website. So keep an eye on that as well. Even if you're not a patron, you know, you can go to Patreon and still join the community, the Patreon community, and get access to everything I publish on Patreon for free as well. Well, not everything, but... What I publish for is available to anyone who signs up to uh, to the Patreon community. Um, so that was Tolkien. I really didn't ex- expect to to um, to to be at this uh, conference um, uh, or uh, to see this exposition while I was in Rome. I wasn't there for this exposition, but when I discovered it, I was so glad that I was able to uh, to go watch it. I did. One other thing when I was in Rome, and it has to do with anime, or it has it is linked to anime. Japanimation. Yeah. Ah! Ah! And <clears throat> this is something I also did on that last day that I was in Rome. Um, very close to the to the college where I stayed, the College of St. Norbert, um, there is a big area that is fenced off, and I'd never visited. I, the only thing I knew was that there were the remains of old Roman bathhouses, the Baths of Caracalla, i Termi di Caracalla. Um, and I just didn't know much about them. And I figured, from the outside, you just see, you know, broken down, just old, old, <laughs> old stones, you know, what... And it's about a bunch of baths. What could be what could be interesting about that? But this year, I actually had a reason to go check it out, and the reason is actually an anime series that I've discovered. You know that anime is one of my biggest media discoveries of this past year. I've really started to appreciate the variety, and and um, th- there's this one series that I came across on Netflix of all places. They have actually a pretty good anime collection nowadays. And it was a series that was based on ancient Rome. And it tells the story of a guy who um, is working in the Roman time, so around the time of the birth of Jesus in in the city of Rome. And he works, I think he works for Marcus Aurelius, but I'm not sure. Yes, I think that was it. And he works for Marcus Aurelius, of course, one of the, 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 the most famous uh, Caesars or uh, emperors, um, a Stoic also, and um, Marcus Aurelius wants this wants this architect to create new baths for the general populace of the city, which is actually something that he did at the time. Uh, the baths of Caracalla are built much later. They're built, I think, in the or they were opened in the fourth century, if I'm not mistaken. Still pretty old. Um, but the tradition of having these public baths for for everyone was is it has been uh, around in in ancient Rome for multiple centuries. And so the story in the anime tells about this architect who is then tasked by the emperor make me some new baths, and he's out of inspiration. He's just like 
I don't know what to do. I've, I've already created so many swimming pools. I don't know what to do. And then he, in order to relax and to just think about getting new ideas, he steps into the water of one of his own uh, swimming pools or baths, and he gets sucked into a time travel vortex. I, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> And it's so weird. And then he ends up, he, when he, he steps out of the water, all of a sudden he's in modern-day Tokyo in, in Japan, in a bathhouse. And he looks around, he's like, oh my gosh, and he sees all these new inventions. And every episode is about this the same time travel. So he, he travels back and forth between his own time and modern-day Japan, gets inspired by something he sees in one of these bathhouses in Japan, and then tries to replicate it in ancient Rome. And it's so well done. It sounds totally over the top, I know, but it is extremely well executed. The creator is a huge admirer of archaeology, and you can tell because the way in which they portray Rome is very close to... It's it's really based on archaeological data. So you do learn a lot about the Roman times just by watching this anime series. The anime series itself is called Terme Rome Nove, and it's based originally, the anime is based on a manga, so on a comic book series, Um, and the anime itself is actually quite uh, close to the original manga. Let's listen to the audio of the trailer, and it's all going to be in Japanese. What is this place? So you are the architect Lucius. I want you to build me a bathhouse. I will make it happen. Uh, I can't, I don't have ideas. I'm being sucked in. This is the vortex. And he's, he's surrounded by naked Japanese man. <laughs> he's in a Japanese bathhouse? What is this? Such a high level of civilization. I can use this slave bathhouse if I can take this idea and refine it. The citizens of Rome would fully accept this innovation. He sees plastic sandals. He sees a modern toilet. (laughs) And then he thinks that one of the old guys in the Japanese bathhouse is actually also an emperor. (laughs) Time travel bathhouse comedy. And he first, he drinks Jakul. (laughs) (laughs) It is so weird. Only on Netflix. I mean, this is one of the things that I love about Japanese anime. It can be basically anything. And, and, I've I've got the feeling that they they don't do all this deliberation like can we revive an old franchise like there's not much rehashing of ideas um it is the more original the better and what I really loved is while I was walking around in that in among the ruins of the Terme di Caracalla 
I actually recognized the stuff that I had seen in the anime series. So that was a very special um, experience. Another thing that made that special, uh, that, that visit to the bathhouse of Caracalla so special was that they had VR helmets or what is it, like these headsets that you put on and you look around and you see, you don't see the runes, but you see what it actually looked like and you can look around and that was very immersive, very cool. It was kind of old-fashioned AR. I mean, it wasn't truly 3D. It was a bit like the the room was was, you know, basically 2D, but because everything's so far away, you don't notice that it is 2D, but it's still projected in a sphere all around you, so you can you move your head, and, and actually, it's as if you're standing there, and I've never experienced something like that before, but now I'm thinking they should do this everywhere in Rome, and maybe also in Greece. It, it is such an enhancement of your experience, because once you, you put the, the visor down, you then exactly know how to interpret the runes because you've seen what it looked like in Roman times. And uh, it was so close to what I see in the anime as well. So it was a lot of fun. Um, if, if you want to check it out, it's on Netflix. I suppose it's, in, it's available on Netflix in, in most countries where Netflix is available. Again, it's called Terme Rome Nove. And with that, it is the end of this episode of The Break. As I said, uh, there is one more episode coming later this week, and that is the end of the year, you know, New Year's Eve extravaganza um, in which we will uh, go over all the cool stuff that we experienced last uh, this past year. So um, stay tuned for that. And if you're a patron, of course, um, there's going to leave me a little bit longer show for you waiting in your own private feed that you get when you become a patron um the the premium episode so we'll talk a little bit more about rome some of the very good food that i tried out in rome and um, i've got some experiences to share about filming in 3d as well because i used the iphone with this, this brand new function to create 3d videos for when the apple vision pro comes out and most recent rumors say that the Apple Vision Pro actually will already be shipped in January of the next year. I can't wait. I really hope that Apple will introduce that device very quickly because, of course, we're all waiting for the the, the next iteration, which will be more affordable, lighter, and better. So I'm really having high hopes for this device, and it was very cool to already record some 3D memories of Rome. Um, for that one day when I will be able to use that Apple Vision Pro myself. Have a wonderful rest of your of your day and we'll talk soon. Merry Christmas.